Deep Talk, The Human Condition is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Deep Talk, The Human Condition. My name is Nick Delaney and I'm the host of Deep Talk. On this podcast, I welcome a new guest every episode to share a personal thought, story, emotion, or experience from their life. What a guest could share could range anywhere from a song they relate to, to a past trauma, or even to how a loved one impacted them. It could really be anything a guest chooses, but whatever it be, I invite you to put yourself in the guest shoes to learn something about yourself and the people around you. Before we get started, be sure to follow Deep Talk on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DeepTalkTHC. There you can stay updated on all the latest Deep Talk news, give feedback, or inquire about being on the show. Also, check out the new Deep Talk merch at redbubble.com. Find some cute stickers, a nice pillow, or even maybe a moon eye clock. And of course, a big thanks to all of the listeners for supporting Deep Talk. Now to meet episode 10's special guest. Thank you for being here today and sharing something so personal with the listeners. Thank you. Um, I am a freshman at Virginia Commonwealth University. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So getting into things, your story mainly centers around your two parents who have been or are currently struggling with alcoholism. Yes. How long have you seen this problem with them? Um, well, really, ever since I came out the womb, that's all I've known. So I don't really know when it started, but... As far back as I can remember, I know that both of my parents were struggling with alcoholism. So yeah, basically my whole life. Do you remember like an exact moment in your childhood where you noticed something wrong? I guess when I would have to, you know, take care of my parents. Um, ever since like I'm probably like nine or ten, um, me and my brother, who's two years younger than me, we would have to um, basically, you know, take like act like adults. We wouldn't really have parent supervision, so we would have to, you know, like help my parents use the bathroom because they would be so drunk that they couldn't stand up and go to the bathroom on their own. Um, we would have to, like, you know, fend for ourselves, um, feed ourselves, um, just like anything, like taking care of them. We would have to, you know, take shifts watching them because they would be so drunk where like they could like fall and hit their head and you know get a concussion or anything like that um both of my parents we've seen them like fall down the stairs or something and they had like a black eye or you know like they injure themselves because they're so drunk they can't even stand up on their own um I remember when one time my dad I think I was like 10 my dad fell down the stairs from the top of the stairs and he couldn't get up, so we had to call an ambulance. And they, but he refused. And apparently, you can't take somebody against their will. Wow. So yeah, so he wouldn't. He would just lay there on the bottom of the stairs because they weren't legally allowed to take him in, even though he wasn't physically like able to move. He was so drunk where he couldn't get up. So 
there's just like a lot of things like that where um, me and my brother also would have to take turns missing school because we would have to watch them because we were so terrified. Like, what if we come home from school and we find our parents dead? Like, it was that scary. It was that bad. And I don't think people like understand really like when you say, oh, my parents are alcoholics. They think, oh, your parents just like to drink like on the weekends or something like that. They're just really heavy drinkers. And it's like way deeper than that. Um, I don't know for all alcoholics, but for my parents, they would be day drinkers. Um, They would drink for weeks nonstop. My dad had a job where he could he was in a position where he didn't have to go into the office every day. So it was easier for him to do that. So he would literally wake up and drink in the morning, go to sleep drunk. It would be a non like non ending cycle and he would not they wouldn't eat anything. So alcohol would be their only source of nutrients. Like they wouldn't have anything to eat for weeks on end. And they would just basically survive off of alcohol. My mom, a couple years ago, I would say the 2015, 2014, she was a nurse and she got fired let go, not because of being an alcohol, but because they were getting rid of her position. And then um, after she got let go, that's when I started noticing that my mom was like really becoming an alcoholic. That's when I noticed how like it was getting worse um, because getting fired from her job where she like really loved being a nurse, even though she she didn't get fired, she got let go because they were getting rid of the position, but she took it really hard. And that's when she started going downhill with her addiction. So then she didn't have a job, so she was able to stay home and drink without having any type of responsibility of showing up to work. So yeah, me and my brother would have to, you know, watch them. And then we would also be scared about the dogs, about like the dogs like not having enough food or water, like running out the house and like never coming back. So we would always have to stay home. And then that would affect our academics and stuff like that. There's just like a lot of situations where it's been embarrassing probably for me and my brother where we would have like we would want friends to come over and they would obviously see our parents like drunk on the couch and that would be embarrassing for me and my brother or my mom would like show up to school to where we go to school like drunk and stuff like that um so yeah it was it was pretty embarrassing and then my, my dad actually has been sober for, I would say, two years. Since, oh, that's great. Yeah, since 2017, my dad has been sober. My mom is still currently now dealing with the addiction. Um, but it's better. It's at least I have at least one sober parent that I can rely on because it's really hard when you have both of your parents that are alcoholics because then you don't have – it's like you don't have a parent and, like, imagine being, like, 14 years old and not having any type of supervision or any parents – that can help you out just like basically like living and fending on your own and it got so bad where I would call my grandparents that live like in the south a whole different state that would have to drop what they're doing and come take care of us for like a week to help get our parents sober again so they could take care of us so it was very inconvenient for them and that's also like created like a kind of like hard relationship with my grandparents too because now it's like I can't have a normal conversation with them because it's always about, oh, how's your mom doing? Like they always want to check up on like our parents to see if they're still drinking or not. And it's like even though it's not me dealing with the addiction, it's always going to stick with me because I can't just talk to my normal grandparents and ask about me. It's always about what how my parents are doing because it's always in the back of their head that, 
oh, are they drinking? Are they sober? It's like, it sticks with you through your everyday life. Um, there's been situations where both of my parents have been to jail. My, actually, when it gets really bad, um, my dad is used to be like a really aggressive drunk. So um, he would, in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m., start screaming and like going crazy so we would never be able to sleep even if we planned to go to school the next day we would never be able to sleep because our parents would be you know screaming or just acting blatantly drunk um i don't know why he would just scream or he would just like make noises and like i don't know what was going on with his head but we would never be able to sleep and he would um get really violent for no reason he would like threaten to kill us all um, he's made multiple like threats, you know, to like kill everyone in the house and just get like super violent. So when it would get really bad, my brother and I would go stay with a neighbor for like a couple weeks and we would have to pack our stuff and we would go stay with them for a couple weeks. And um, one time we were coming home from the movies with them because they live right on the um, next street over from me. So we were driving past um, one of the streets that connects like our streets, um, coming back from the movies with them on a Saturday night. And I seen a lot of cop cars at the end of the street. And I automatically knew it was my dad because I just had like a feeling in my head like, oh, that's my dad getting arrested. And sadly, I was actually happy because now I knew that my dad was gonna get sober in jail and he was gonna stop drinking because obviously when you get arrested, that's, they just try to get you dry and sober out and detox. So I was actually happy that it was my dad because now I knew he wouldn't be drinking anymore and he would be, at least be sober for a couple weeks. So it was my dad. Um, apparently, he tried to go drive and get alcohol from Walmart. Coming on the way back, he hit a parked car and the people that live in the house came out and they noticed my dad was drunk and they called the cops and he got arrested. Um, so I was actually happy and I've seen my dad in handcuffs. That wasn't the first time I seen my dad in handcuffs. So it didn't really phase me. Um, my mom has been arrested for the same thing, drunk driving. Um, she's been arrested for being drunk in public because for some reason, my mom, she likes to, you know, be really embarrassing and she would show up to, you know, my school because she would know that she had a prior obligation to, you know, help out at school. And even though she was drunk, she still wouldn't care and she would like show up to the school and they would obviously have to call the cops because you can't be at a school drunk. Right. You can't be in public drunk, period, especially not at school. So, um, and then basically... It's kind of sad when you get to a point where like you're actually happy that your parents are getting arrested, but nobody understands that. It's like a sigh of relief that I know like, okay, now my parents are going to get sober again because they're going to be arrested. And it's like you never want to see your parents get arrested obviously. But like when you're going through that, it's like you know that they're not going to be drinking anymore. So I get my parents to be sober for at least a week. And it's just like it would be it's like really emotionally damaging because um I feel like I have trust issues now because my parents would lie to me and say, oh, when I would notice them starting to drink again after, you know, being sober maybe like three or four days, um, they would lie to us and be like, no, I promise, or like say little things like that or try to hide it. And my brother and I obviously knew, you know, they were starting to drink again. And they would like swear on the Bible or just stuff like that. And they would like lie to our face. So 
Have there been any other emotional things that you've had to experience with them? Um, yeah, there were points where, like, you know, when I would be, like, little, like, 14 or 15 years old, and I would, like, I never thought of, I never thought about killing myself, but there would be times where, like, I thought, like, I don't want to be here right now. Like, I never, I never wanted to try to kill myself, but there would just be, like, thoughts in my head, like, anything right now. Like, I just don't want to be in the situation that I'm in right now, and I, like, I'll do anything to get out of it. Because when you're, like, when you're 14 or 15 years old and you're having to basically take care of your parents for weeks on end, like, it's stressful, especially when you're that young. All you really should be worried about is, you know, going to school, having fun with your friends. And, like, I wasn't able to do that because I would have to skip, like, hanging out with my friends or doing fun, like, school activities because I would have to stay home and watch my parents, basically, and take care of them. So... And how has that shown impact in your life now? I guess emotionally, like, I have a hard time trusting people because my parents, you know, have lied to me so much throughout their whole addiction. Um, yeah, so there is this one situation where we got two brand new puppies, and um, my mom was away on a work conference. I think she was somewhere, like, in Virginia, but a couple hours away. And so it was just my brother, me, and my dad, and my dad was on one of his drinking benders. Um, so I think this, I might have been 15 or 16, and so we had a brand new puppy, and I guess he was so drunk he didn't realize one of, he was on the couch and he fell onto the puppy. And since it was a newborn, like it was, it wasn't, it was really fragile. And so when I walked downstairs, all I seen was the dog in front of the bathroom door in a pile of blood and it passed away. I was really emotionally like draining for my brother and I because we had to clean up, clean up the mess and we had to deal with that because my mother was away and my dad was so drunk, you know, he's not gonna take care of that. And he didn't even realize what had happened. So now like I know for my brother that really affects him because he's really um, overprotective about the dogs now, the dogs that we have now. Anytime like a stranger like comes in the door, like he bolts towards the door to make sure the dogs don't like get out or run away. Anytime I try to take the dogs on a walk, he makes sure like the leash is like so they won't get out. He's like very emotionally, you know, hurt from that situation and I can see that through like just the way he treats our dogs now. It's that he doesn't want anything to happen to them. And he was, like, really young. So to see, like, a dead dog in a pile of blood that we just got, it was, like, really, like, you know, heartbreaking for him. And I can see, like, that's affected him a lot, just how he deals with the dogs now. So, yeah, and then going back to the burden or the benders, um, like, I'm trying to explain, like, it's not just, like, my parents, you know, have something to drink at night and then wake up and they do their daily functions. That's the thing about being an alcoholic is the alcohol stops people from being able to function and do their daily activities through the day. They would literally wake up drunk, drink through the whole day, go to sleep drunk and repeat the cycle. I mean like waking up at 8 a.m. and they would start drinking again. And um, this would like keep going. The longest I think my mom has been constantly drunk every day, maybe a month. Wow. And you know, you start to think about the health um, impacts from this, and I know my mom has like a bad liver from drinking. I don't know how bad it is, but thankfully my dad, he gets it checked out, and you know, it hasn't 
affected him that much, the alcoholism. Um, so what he does now is there's um, a drug called Anabuse, and you take it, and basically it's like the it's, it's like reverse psychology. So if you take it and you drink alcohol while being on the pill, it'll make you, like, really sick. So now every time you drink alcohol, it's like you think that the alcohol made you sick, so it doesn't make that person want to drink anymore. Mm. So that's what's made my dad um, be sober for two years. If it wasn't for that pill, I honestly think my dad would still be an alcoholic today. Um, my mom doesn't want to take it for some reason. The reason is she probably doesn't want to be sober. So both of my parents have been to rehabs multiple occasions. Um, and it's honestly the same thing about like my parents being arrested is I would actually be happy if my parents went to rehab for 30 days, 60 days, however long it took because I knew for that amount of time, I wouldn't have to deal with the drunk parents and I could just live my life and not have to deal with the burden that they come with. My dad only been to rehab, I think once. My mom has been five times and she actually plans on going back in a couple of days. So um, I don't see that they work for her because they. if you have the mindset, if you don't wanna get better, you're not going to. If you still want to drink, you're, you're still going to drink. So, um, but I have hope, but she'll go for like 30 or 60 days. And it's just sad because I feel like it makes me happy to see her go because then I know I won't have to deal with her being an alcoholic. I won't have to deal with all the things that come with it. And it's gotten to a point where just a couple weeks ago, my brother had his um, senior night for his football, for being on the football team. And she was one of the moms that was like organizing it and they were supposed to have like these cute little gifts and like a little barbecue before. And she was drunk so she couldn't do it. And she tried to come to my brother's game and my brother would call me on his phone and like crying and like begging me to like make sure my mom didn't come because she would embarrass him in front of all of his friends. And she would still wanna come even though she would know how embarrassing it is. That's probably the most annoying thing about her being an alcoholic is the selfishness that comes with it. It's that she knows what she's doing, but she feels bad, so she feels like she needs to be there for the football game, even though she knows how much it'll hurt her kids to be in public and be embarrassed by her actions. So that's really sad when I see like how it affects my brother, because I'm more emo like I wear my emotions on my sleeve. My brother keeps it in, so I know he's probably gonna have like anger issues from it in the future, because you know like. Over, over like a certain amount of time, it just adds up and builds up. Um, so it's sad like having to, you know, hold my mom back and having to watch her. And I, we, it almost got to a point where me and my dad weren't gonna be able to go just to make sure my mom didn't go. Because my mom can just call a taxi or call an Uber to show up and she's gone to those that extent of doing that. And it just embarrasses him, you know, in front of his football team, in front of his friends. Um, I actually, that day had to pick her up because she was already at the school and she was blatantly drunk. So I had to go into the school and drag her out of there before my brother seen that she was there so she wouldn't embarrass him. So um, yeah, it's just it's just embarrassing. That's probably like the only the word I would describe my childhood is when I would have friends over and they would see my parents like, you know, what's wrong with your mom? Is she okay? Or what's wrong with your dad? Is he okay? And it's just like having to explain that at a young age, like I would make up some lie like, oh yeah, they're just sick or something like that. Cause I didn't really, you know, want, that's embarrassing to like tell your like 
friends. But then over the years, I think I've gotten so used to it where I just stopped caring and like stopped trying to hide it. So I wouldn't mind telling people like they're drunk or something like that. Over the years, like I just learned that it's not my fault and I don't need to be embarrassed about it because it's not me who's drunk, it's them. And it reflects on their character, not mine. So that's when people, when they'll like ask me like how it affects me like now, I don't really think it affects me that much because I learned to like separate my emotions from them. But back then, you know, when I was a teenager growing up, it would affect me a lot because my mom missed a lot of, you know, important things in my life. Um, she missed, she wasn't able to go help me move into college as a freshman because she was drunk. It was only my dad. So she wasn't there when I moved into my dorm on move-in day. She didn't go to my high school graduation. Um, she missed that, which probably is probably the worst thing that's happened because, you know, everybody wants their parents to be there for their high school right. graduation. Like that was probably one of the most important days of my life so far. And she wasn't there because she was drunk. So it's just things like that, that she's missed in my life that she'll never be able to um, get back. And when she gets sober, she, you know, she tries to like buy back, you know, my love, like she'll try to spoil me because she knows what she's done and she'll try to like win back my love. And then of course she's my mother. I'm always going to have love for her no matter what, but it gets to a certain point where you just start to detach yourself from people. And I just don't see myself, you know, wanting to have a relationship with her in the future just because of that. You know, we've tried to help her. Um, it's got like there'll be times where we take away her car keys because she's so selfish that she'll drive drunk knowing that and that's why she's gotten arrested and god knows what can happen if she like can kill somebody you know you know how many deaths there are of drunk drivers you know killing people so we'll take her keys away so she can't do that and she can't go get more alcohol but then she'll find some type of way she'll call a uber um, she goes to AA meetings, which is Alcoholic Anonymous, I think that's what it's called. So she has a lot of friends that are also alcoholics. She can call one of them to go get her alcohol because they're all alcoholics. Even though they're supposed to be recovering, not all of them are. They, you know, relapse all the time. So she has many friends that we don't even know who they are that she can call and get alcohol. Um, like I said, take an Uber, even walk. We've caught her walking to like Walmart or Food Lion and then begging in front of the store for money and acting like she's homeless to get alcohol. It's gotten to that extreme. Um, so then it got to a point where we were so scared that she would get hurt or taken advantage of, you know, walking. So my dad would just buy it for her because we'd rather her drink in the house knowing that she's safe than trying to go out there and get it and not knowing what could happen to her which I guess could be confusing to some people because they just see it as, oh, you're just adding fuel to her addiction. But when you're in that situation, would I rather my mom be on the street walking? Anything can happen to her. She can get kidnapped. Anything can happen to her. Or would I rather, you know, get it for her and make sure she's in my protection at the house, knowing that she's safe. So I know that she's not going to stop. So I'd rather her be safe and do it than to be out in the public and not knowing what has happened to her. So it's it's not just like, you know, my parents, you know, like to drink. It's it's a big extreme. Um, my parent, my mom, after she got let go from the hospital, 
from working at the hospital. Um, she tried to get a couple jobs, you know, working at like a veterinarian office or just little jobs like that. And she would drink on the job. Yeah, she would drink on the job and she would get fired from that. Um, she even worked at another hospital like right after that. And she would work with like cancer patients and she was like found drinking on the job. So after that, she lost her nursing license because obviously you can't take care of people and be drunk. And so after she lost her nursing license, it just kept getting worse and worse for her. Um, because I think my mom, she can't really deal with pain that well. So alcohol is like a release for her. Any little, any little thing that happens in her life, she medicates it with alcohol. So that's why I see it not getting better because throughout your life, you're gonna deal with things. If you don't know how to deal with it properly, then I don't see her getting better because alcohol is the only way that she medicates herself for like things that happen to her in her life. So after that, she um, after she started getting fired from jobs, she hasn't worked in like multi, like three years. So that's caused also like a burden on our family because now we only have one income from my dad. What does your extended family members think about this situation? Um, so my mom's dad, my grandpa, her drinking has actually caused me to not have a relationship with him anymore. Um, it's gotten so bad where my mom's the only child. So it's gotten so bad where my grandpa has said to me, like, I hope your mom gets hit by a bus so she could just get it over with and die already because wow. he, he knows that her addiction is obviously going to cause her, sadly, to die. That's the, like, sad reality. And um, so even he said that about his own daughter, that he just wants her to get hit by a bus just so it can happen already, which is sad. Um, I, I don't talk to my grandpa anymore just because I feel like he judges me and my brother because of my mom's actions. So it's caused, you know, tension between my grandpa and I, so we don't have a relationship. Um, my dad's parents, I have a, a pretty good relationship with. Um, I feel like they understand me. Um, they've helped me a lot because they've, you know, come here when my parents were drunk when I was younger and like helped take care of us and like helped me deal with the situation. It's still um, a topic that I don't think they fully know how to address. They also attend, um, I don't know the name for it, but it's like, it's basically Alcohol Anonymous, but it's for the family members. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like helps you deal with family members who are also addicts. Um, it's just, I, I don't think my, like my dad's um, parents know how to fully like go about it with us because I feel like they're scared to, you know, like ask us like how we're doing or they're scared to not ask us. Like they just don't know like how to deal with it because... Some I always find myself when I talk on the phone with my grandma, it's it's always talking about how's my mom doing? Like, is she drunk or not? And it kind of gets annoying because it's like sometimes I just want to, like, talk about me and having to deal with my parents' addiction. It's always about them because they're worried about them or they're worried about how we're doing with them. So it's like it, it gets kind of, like, you know, annoying when my, that's all we talk about with my grandma. But, like, I understand because, you know, she's just worried and she wants to know how we're doing. But it seems like every time we talk on the phone, it's like somehow it's brought up in the conversation. Like, is your mom drunk right now? Is she okay? So, yeah. So where have you gone to express yourself? When I get older, I try just not to be home. 
like I just tried to like go out with my friends or spend the night at my friends so I don't have to be at home dealing with it. Um, I haven't fully like found a way to, you know, express my emotions towards it. Um, yeah, like I, I don't I don't think I've fully, you know, gotten over it or expressed my emotions yet about it. After an experience like this, how would you define family? Well, I obviously didn't have a big, I don't have a big family, so it's literally just my brother, me, my mom and dad. So my family unit obviously isn't strong, but it's obviously made me want to have a strong family when I get older and it makes me want, you know, I really wish that I had like a strong family and grew up, you know, being family oriented. Like that's, I like value that even though I didn't have that. So honestly, it just makes me, when I have my own family, it just makes me want to make sure, you know, that my kids are taken care of. And I never want to put anybody in that situation. Like I always told myself, I would never make my kids go through what I went through. So it just makes me want to have, you know, like a big family and be really family oriented just because that's, that's what I lacked in my childhood. So this question might be related to what you just said, but what has helped you make it through all of these rough experiences and moments? Um, really having a brother, having a sibling, because honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. Just having somebody else there, knowing what I'm going through really made it, you know, easier to deal with. Um, like we would take um, shifts watching our parents. So like, one would like you know stay up for a couple hours and watch our parents while the other one is sleeping and then we would like switch so like it was really like easier to have somebody there that can help you like and know exactly what you're going through because i don't know how i would have done it if i was the only you know the only sibling so like having my brother there really helped and i feel like honestly like that situation like our childhood has made us like really close and I feel like me and him have like a really close relationship just because of that situation. You know, it's made our bond like really strong. And then also having, you know, good family friends and good neighbors who obviously seen what was going on and was willing to, you know, let them stay at their house, let us stay at their house for like a couple of days to like be safe because of, you know, the threats my dad would make. And then also going off of the threats. Um, so my dad, when my dad would like make threats about, you know, like killing everyone or like hurting us and harming us, he would also make sure to tell us, you know, if you call the cops, you're going to be homeless because I'm going to lose my job and that's the only, um, that's the only income you have. So we would, he would kind of like blackmail us. So he would make all these threats, but then would make sure that we wouldn't call the cops because he would be like, I'm a government worker. So if the cops are called, I'm going to lose my job and you all are going to be homeless. Because my dad, he has a good job. My mom, when she was working, we were spoiled. It's not that we weren't, I had this like terrible childhood. Like, it's kind of like, it was weird because when my parents would be sober, you know, we would get everything we wanted. They would spoil us. But then when they weren't sober, which was most of our childhood, it would be really bad. So we wouldn't be able to call the cops and that because he would threaten us. And then one time my dad was chasing, this sounds like funny, but it's not. He was chasing my brother around with a, like a cooking, like a skillet fryer and like threatening to like hit him with it. And he would like be busting out crying and I wouldn't know what to do because like my, my dad's a big guy, you know? Yeah. Um, 
my dad, he never really, like, physically abused me. Like, he would punch me a couple times, not in the face, but, like, on my arm and stuff. But I don't think he meant it, like, you know, like, abuse me. Like, he never, like, beat me. But he would, like, maybe, like, kick me or he would, like, throw his shoe at me. Um, but he never, like, would, like, really, like, beat me. But he did put his hands on me a couple times. Um, my mom, usually she wasn't... Um, that physically aggressive except one time she bit me and it left a big mark oh my god yeah like because um she i think we were fighting because she wanted you know her keys to go get more wine and i kept telling her no and then she bit me but that was the only time i've seen my mom get physical with me um actually she would pull my hair too but it was nothing like getting beat um but yeah, going back off um, what had helped me get through it, um, just having like my mom's like mom and dad's friends that would obviously know what was going on and just like opening their house to us really made it easy to get through. Not easy, but easier to get through. Right. That's good that you had them. Yeah. So you mentioned that both of your parents have spent time in jail. Mm-hmm. What was the longest period of time that one of them spent in jail? Um, so my dad would get arrested for like a weekend and then he would have to go back and only, I think he only served a week for the time after he would like get released and so did my mom. It would be like my dad didn't end up getting um, arrested for a DUI. He got arrested for reckless driving because he refused to blow in the breathalyzer so they couldn't arrest him off of being a, um, off a DUI. So um, yeah, so he did reckless driving. My mom... Um, got arrested for, I'm pretty sure it was a DUI. She got arrested multiple times, but I, the longest they've done is a week. It hasn't been that long, but they've, um, yeah. And then one time we were all driving to Virginia beach to stay at a beach house for the weekend. And it was really scary because both of my parents were drunk driving Um. and we were so young. We didn't know how to drive. Um, I think I was like 15. So they were both drinking and driving to Virginia Beach, you know, a couple hours away. Right. And I was, like, scared for my life. Like, I tried to, like, cry, like, telling my parents, like, can we please pull over and, like, drive tomorrow or something like that? And they refused. And it's just, like, selfish acts like that that they knew what they were doing and they didn't care. They were willing to risk their lives and also their kids' lives just because they wanted to drink at that very moment. Now that your dad has been two years sober, mm-hmm. what does he think about your mom's situation? It's it's caused a lot of, you know, he's threatened to, like, divorce my mom because, like, he understands what she's going through, but he was able to, you know, get sober and get help that he needed. And he's been sober for two years now because he knows that he has to take the abuse pill to remain sober. And I really, like, you know... That's why me and my dad have a close relationship because even though he, all those things happened in my childhood, I can respect that he's gotten better and he stepped up to the plate and he knows that he, he even said, like, one, at least, you need at least one sober parent and he chose to be that parent. So that's why I can, you know, I have a better relationship with my dad because I, like, thank him for that, that realizing that he this can't keep going on and he got sober and he's remained sober. Um... Honestly, he, him and my mom, they don't have, like, a good relationship anymore because you can't rely on my mom for everything, for anything. She's drunk most of the time. So they don't – It's you wouldn't even know that they were married, 
honestly, because my mom, she just lives in the house. Like most of the time she's drunk on the couch or she's drunk in the bed. So it's, yeah, I know it's affected my dad because you know, that's his wife and you can't even, it's like, I can see the love like diminishing because of that. And he's also like, it's also caused our family to be like emotionally damaged because she hasn't been able to work because of her being drunk and her not being able to keep a job. So my dad also, you know, is angry about that because my mom has like a master's degree. She's, you know, she's well educated, she can work. And the fact that she won't get a job because she can't keep one, you know, obviously it angers my dad because he's the only one in the family making money. Um, I can just tell like my dad is like kind of over the whole situation. Like he's trying to detach himself as like much as possible. But it's hard when, like, you know, you married someone and it's not the person who you married anymore. It's like my mom's like when she, my mom's drunk, she's like a total opposite person than when she's sober. You know, when she's sober, my mom's really loving, really caring. And when she's drunk, it's like the total opposite. You know, she's selfish. She's self-centered. So I can tell that, like, my um, mom, like, you know, being a drunk is really, like, affected our family and my dad. What do you see as the best solution for your mom? Um, see, that's the thing is uh, I don't know because when you can only, you know, go to rehab six times and it's still not working, you know, she's been um, subs- uh, subscribed, subscribed, yeah. subscribed, no, what is it called? Subscribed or prescribed? Prescribed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's been prescribed um, the same drug, uh, same medicine that my dad takes the antabuse and she literally just chooses not to take it like she could be sober right now if she just took the pill every day but she chooses not to so until my mom like finds herself and wants to be sober she's not going to be and I don't know if that's ever going to happen um she's also been they have these things at the hospital where you can check yourself in and you can get detox at the hospital my mom has probably been to detox at the hospital over 20 times, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, so, you know, she's been, she's been to jail, which you would think would be rock bottom for her, but I guess that's not. She's been to rehab over six times, and she's going back in a couple of days, so we'll see how that goes. She goes to AA meetings. She goes to um, counseling. She goes to, she was in this program called IOP. It's it's about like going to meetings and she would have to, you know, get drug tested. So it would hold her accountable, but she would still drink. So even when she would have to be accountable and get tested by the nursing board, that wouldn't stop her from drinking and she would just get kicked out of the program. So there's been like, she's had multiple opportunities and she's had her family support her. She's had her friends support her. So at this point, I don't know. I can only hope that this next time when she goes to rehab, that maybe it'll maybe the sixth time will be the, you know, the lucky one. But I don't have any hope because I'm not trying. To, every time I get my hopes up, it never goes my way. My mom, like, she'll come back from. One time she came back from rehab, and literally the day I picked the day my family picked her up, she drank that day. Oh that she came home from rehab and I was so heartbroken because I was thinking this I think this was maybe like the second time she went to rehab so I was still young um so I was thinking oh my mom's sober I got a sober mommy and literally the day she came back she drank so I just stopped getting my hopes up 
and I'm just trying to like move on and not whatever she does have it not affect me so I, I don't know what's gonna help her she's just gonna have to you know want to change for there to be change hmm. that's really interesting mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on alcohol um so you would think you know I would never want to drink in my life um I knew like I, when I was first going through it, I would like tell myself, I'm never having a sip of alcohol a day in my life because I see how it affects people. But then I would like see people who could like, you know, have a glass of wine or two and be fine and not be an alcoholic. So like as I was getting older, I realized that it's not the alcohol, it's the person. It's the addictive behavior. It's the person wanting to be an alcoholic or it's the person that has that disease, that addictive disease. So now getting older, I don't look at alcohol the same way. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I probably will drink, you know. But I know that it is likely for me to have that same addictive gene. So, I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm going to be cautious and make sure that I never get to a point because I promised myself I would never be like my parents. Always growing up, I always tell myself I'm never going to be like them. So I probably will drink. But I'm going to make sure, you know, I never get to that spot because I know that it's not the alcohol. You know, there can be normal people can have a glass of wine at dinner and yeah. not go on 12, 20 day benders being drunk and disappearing for 20 days. So I know that that what my parents do, that's not normal. So I'm actually fine, you know, with having like a glass of wine or just like a couple drinks and knowing that I'm not going to be an alcoholic. Is there anything you can share that you believe will help those struggling with alcohol addiction? So those struggling, I would all like, you know, try to, I guess, reach out to friends or family that can help you. But also, I know it's hard, but just try to separate yourself from it and just make sure you like, you keep telling yourself like, it's not your fault. Like, however, whoever the person is in your life that's struggling with um, addiction, it's not your fault. And, you know, just try your best to, you know, separate and get your own life away from that person. And I would just try to stay busy, like try to do things that are, are going to like distract you from whoever that person in your life that's dealing with that is. And, you know, just try to stay positive. It's not your fault, whatever, however they are. I would, um, there's also like programs out there. Like, I don't know the name of it, but you know, there's, um, like meetings that you can attend to if you're dealing with like a family member or a friend or something that's dealing with addiction and those um probably are really helpful I haven't attended one yet but I probably will and probably should attend a couple meetings um therapy if you can afford it I know like talking and getting your emotions out for some people really helps I know for me like it might sound crazy but I would just like talk to myself in the mirror while crying and like dealing like with like my parents being like drunk but that would actually like help me like just getting all of my emotions out like screaming whatever you got to do to like get it out I feel like that helps for certain people but just having like a good support group around you you know like friends or family I feel like that's like really important to get through whatever you're going through why did you want to share this story with uh, the audience today Um, I wanted to share because I feel like it's really, you know, important. I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with it. And then I also don't feel like people really know what alcoholics are. Like I've said, um, they just think, you know, they just like to drink. Or when people think of, you know, addiction, they usually think of like, you know, pills or like heart, like the hardcore drugs. And they kind of leave alcoholism out. And I just want everyone to know, like, 
alcoholism is something serious. It's something more than just liking to drink, and it affects a lot of people out there. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. It means a lot that you're able to come forward to clear these misconceptions about alcohol, to share your own story, and I hope that everybody is able to translate this into their own lives in somehow, in some way, to help them discover things about their family, themselves, and just everyone around them, even outside the topic of alcoholics and things like that. So again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, and until next time, get ready for some deep talk. Do you have a personal story or experience that you'd like to share on Deep Talk? Reach out by messaging the podcast via our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepTalkTHC. Recordings can be most conveniently organized in the Newport News, Virginia Beach area or in the Northern Virginia area. Remember, all stories are welcome and they are as anonymous as you'd like. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our opening theme is Dreaming of a New Day by White Hex, and our closing theme is Midnight by Dan Heenig. Our cover art is by Luke Dimas, who can be reached at void.mp3 on Instagram. To stay updated on all the latest Deep Talk news, you can follow this podcast social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DeepTalkTHC. That's DeepTalkTHC. 